Welcome back Hello. to our wonderful podcast. They've got a beautiful you... haircut. <laughs> this isn't a haircut. My hair was just like this. It was? I thought you cut your like yeah, things. I, I never styled it, no. Oh. Well, it's very different and very beautiful. Um, Thank you. I just <laughs> never have energy to do it. Same. I didn't straighten my hair or anything. I'm rocking a claw clip hairstyle. We're gonna be diving into something a little bit different than what we usually talk about. It's yeah, because two episodes of social media yeah. compared to this is different. <laughs> We're gonna be diving into the world of true crime. And talking about the four most infamous serial killers. Yay! Terrifying. My, my nose is really itchy. <laughs> allergies are trying to mess us up this episode. I have an itchy I don't throat. have allergies. Well, that's like seasonal allergies. I don't have that. Okay, well, I guess I'm just the only one that experiences that. No, I don't have that. I do sadly um I guess we want to speak about this topic because we want to accommodate other people's interests and just try out different things and it's also Also, the little crime shows on Netflix are really interesting to watch so yeah the documentaries and all um but it's also interesting to think about how the mind works and how different it is with each and every person and the fact that they had that urge to kill. Right. Well, if you look into their, what's it called, childhoods, it kind of makes sense. Like, obviously it doesn't. Like, why would you kill someone? It's very deep-rooted into their childhood trauma or just trauma in general. It didn't have to be during their childhood, any abuse or yeah. things that and happened like some mentally. be born psychopaths. That's true. It all depends on your family and stuff, so... Let's get on with our first person. The one and only Which is gonna be Ted Bundy. <laughs> Watched a documentary on him. Was it a documentary or was it a series? Don't know which one. But it was so interesting and I forgot everything about it. That's me with everything. <laughs> Watching a little series on the Cecil Hotel. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, everything that happened with Elisa Lam is just yeah. so odd. Like the whole situation with her disappearing. But we're not going to be talking about Elisa Lam today, even though she has an exactly. interesting case. What I was trying to say that with learning things, it goes through one ear and out the other, and I forget about it the next day. Same. Uh, I forget, it. forget about it in an hour if I don't have a true interest in it yeah distractions get to me in the best way um, hey, that's why I did my English homework at 4 a.m today early bird gets the worm <laughs> I don't know what that means that's a saying and I don't know what that means either Ted Bundy was born on November 
I like the December ones better. Yeah, at the end of December, it turns into Capricorn season. And then at the end of November, it turns into Sagittarius season. <laughs> so he's a fire sign. I don't sign. like Capricorn. He's a fire sign. Me neither. I don't, I don't. Sorry to all the Capricorn people out there. <laughs> I only like Capricorn females. And that's, I don't like I Capricorn males. Any female zodiac sign is better than it's so much better <laughs> yeah literally ted bundy's childhood was of course a little bit messed up he may have experienced physical or psychological abuse by his grandfather um i feel like it was both because if people have to question it it's obvious what the answer is mm-hmm but the thing is, like if you have to question that, was he abused? Yeah, he was. He claimed that he didn't have that bad of a childhood, but I guess maybe he would. He I was don't think made to he think knows that what way. a good childhood is. Yeah. Yeah. When he was younger, he would create traps and like made people fall on purpose with these traps. So it's kind of interesting That's to see that he was. So questionable. He was able to create those traps and do that to people at such a young age, which foreshadowed his future. And it's also... Honestly, a lot of, like, serial killers' childhoods foreshadow that future so much. And no, like, parent or anyone is like, oh, maybe this is questionable behavior. They're like, oh, he's just a kid or she's just a kid. Well, I mean, it's the parents' fault, I guess, and they don't really care about their child because if they would care some authorities take them to therapy authority yeah back in those years i don't think it was really important they they didn't believe in mental illness so Mm -hmm. they thought if you had depression or anxiety or whatever they thought you were just cuckoo they didn't really want to help you you got locked up in a house until you died yeah that's messed up but it's supposedly rumored that he actually first started to kill at age 14. And Probably did. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't... Sorry, I just expect the worst out of these people. <laughs> the thing is, with these people that we're going to be talking about and their childhood, all of them have experienced something within their childhood. and it's Some type of trauma. It's messed I'm up. surprised Ted Bundy went to college. I know, he went to three universities. The thing is, yeah. with their childhoods and just seeing how their brains were wired, you know, to think a certain way and to maybe just take their revenge on people or whatever they were thinking in their own minds, like different from a normal person's brain. It's crazy how that they got that urge or <laughs> intrusive thought to an over- and they just started to kill. But with the um, three universities, he actually just graduated only one of them. And he actually graduated them? Only one of them. And he majored in psychology. So if you think about like what he did to his victims and how he played out the whole thing and learned about psychology, I think it was easy. It was all a master people. plan. 
Mm-hmm. He did business, like he didn't finish it, but he was doing a law course, and then he became his own lawyer in his case. I know. I don't even understand how that was allowed, but we're gonna get to that. Um, I don't know. He had an IQ above one hundred and thirty. That's a very high IQ and very surprising. I don't understand IQs. Me neither. I probably have an IQ of like <laughs> below. 30? No, that's really low, but I don't know what number means what, but 130 is a large number. So later on, between 1974 and 1978, he killed about 30 plus women, 36 to be exact, Um, but it's rumored to be that there was like over 100 killings, Um, and there was three survivors. To be honest. Yeah, I remember saying about the survivors. Just, like, imagine what they had to go through with Ted Bundy. I don't know if one of the survivors was Ted Bundy's girlfriend, Elizabeth Kendall, but she was initially the one who called the police and gathered the information on Ted Bundy. What? Did was they suspicious. Like, rape the girls? Like, some of the girls? Um, yes, it was said that, like, while killing this these women, he would commit sexual acts on them while killing them and then yeah so maybe he was like he raped his girlfriend and tried to kill her but she escaped i kind of forgot about okay actually uh (laughs) it was told that bundy threatened to break her neck and that sometimes she woke up to him looking at her body with a flashlight under the covers like that's not enough information i would have left that man (laughs) um (laughs) I'm scared. Also, when Bun... <laughs> Why did they have to use that picture of her? When Bundy was put onto surveillance, um, after a policeman found a bunch of questionable stuff in his car, which was a ski mask, handcuffs, etc. The stuff that they found in his car were questionable and... It was questionable because it looked like he was going to rub something. Wasn't there like a crowbar in his car as well? Yes, he would kill his victims with a crowbar or strangle them. However, he never used a gun because supposedly the evidence would be found within the gunpowder. Or... It would be... No, because with guns, you're, you obviously have to register to get a gun, right? Like your name has to be some type of information so they'll track the little bullet to whoever has that gun and that's true but i mean i don't know if they had that type of system within those times maybe they did of course but um i'll just say don't know (laughs) they would commit more crimes yes um with the gun, it could have also been stolen. He didn't really have to register a gun. I think um, if he wanted to, he would steal a gun or get a gun from a friend black or market. black market. Yeah, I don't think he would just register a gun. I think that would like, you know, trip him from his planning scheme. Yeah, and be he's very thriller. smart with it though. You can see his fucking car in a museum. That is, I really want to go. Because there's a museum, and I'm pretty sure, I don't know if it's real, but I've seen it somewhere, but I've seen this video where it's like, there's a museum of murder cases, and that's the museum that Ted Bundy's car is in. Mm-hmm. It was like a And blue... it's like all, like, stuff. 
from it was like a blue like, car or something it was a beetle it was a cream colored beetle and i think it was like a blood handprint or something on the car and it's like kept there whose yeah, victim's blood was <laughs> he killed these women across seven states so this man was like he did he was traveling. Always on the road. <laughs> Running. I don't know. Just to... Also, I guess it would be harder to catch suggested, him. People suggested that all of his victims looked a lot like his ex-girlfriend. Yeah, I think he went after Brunette. Why is my sister rearranging her room? At this time? Really? <laughs> but yes, I think he usually went after Brunette. So... I would be one of them in those times. He would lure these women into getting abducted by him by acting and pretending to be injured. He would usually have a cast on or crutches and would ask to have help with his car. And then, boom, you're done. Yeah. Okay, thank you. And now we're going into a forest. I kill you, fuck your dead body, and leave you stranded. That was a way to describe it. (laughs) Yes, he actually severed their heads as rewards and then committed, what is the correct word? Uh, Necrophilia. Well, necrophilia, but fellatio or fellatio, which is... I don't know. With his pee-pee. Put their pee-pee on the head. (laughs) So he was... Wait, actually? Yeah. Sorry, I thought you meant he just, like, had intercourse with the dead body. Um, no, but the severed heads were a reminder of his killings and, I guess, accomplishments. Yeah. You do you, bro. Why, but... <laughs> you do you. Um, and his youngest victim was Kimberly Leach. She was only 12 years old. So he didn't just go after, like, older women. He went for younger yeah, girls. Yeah, he didn't well. go after college kids. Mm-hmm. But he did go for usually Disgusting younger women. Pig. Truth. But no, he literally revisit the sites of the sites of his victims just to have sex with their dead bodies until they are too decomposed to have sex with, or had been eaten by animals. See, now I didn't know that. I thought he just did it after he killed them. He didn't. I didn't know he went back to those sites. Oh, now that's even worse. No, he fully went back just to have sex with a decomposing body. Yeah, he definitely had some fucked up abuse. (laughs) Issues. He also photographed many of his victims' corpses. Mm. But I'm guessing it's a quote by Ted Bundy, but it says, when you work hard to do something right, you don't want to forget it. And that's why he uh, decapitated people. Like, with the severed heads, Bundy admitted to the extent of his crimes, which was actually three days before he was put on death row, which three days before is... (laughs) But um, he told detectives that he burned a woman's head in his girlfriend's fireplace, which was Elizabeth, and she didn't know about that. And saying, of all things I did to her... How did she not know about that? a burning body. Well, she probably so bad. 
I don't know. He had to clean it up well. You had to like bleach the whole fireplace. <laughs> but um, of all things I did to her, this is probably the one she's least likely to forgive me. Poor Liz. Poor Liz. Poor Winston. <laughs> you killed. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? I do not know how he didn't kill her. I guess they had a really good relationship that he decided to spare her. Um. Which good Maybe that he, he was decided. so in love with the girl, he wanted to eliminate any girl that looked semi like her. So no one has her. Or that he had that urge to kill her because, like we said, he did almost like break her neck. Um, but, he definitely had urges to kill her, but never did. Yeah, and he just took it on to other girls that looked like her, which now putting two and two together, that very much makes sense. <laughs> He wanted to kill the person closest to him. And then he also had a wife um, that he, he did. married. Which... Bo- bo- he married her. I'm pretty sure while in prison. Mm-hmm. Wait, because he, when he was representing himself in, like, trial... Mm-hmm. Um, he was dating the Carol Ann Boone mm-hmm. and she was a witness <laughs> and he proposed to her while going on trial for murdering women and she agreed. And she believed in him that he was innocent until I think he admitted to his crimes because she did divorce him later on. But she did get pregnant yeah. with a child which is now rose bundy and she's in her no later clue. 30s i, I do think not. she's in her later 30s oh my god now. i want to meet her i want to meet her like and do some psychological tests on her to see if she got like any of the psychopath genes imagine if she has murderous tendencies she's like i do have those tendencies but like i don't pack them out <laughs> i'm not my father <laughs> When Bundy was convicted, he helped the police catch another serial killer. I think that's possible because, like, I think you get a less less time spent in prison. Well, I don't know. But in his case, he murdered people, so he was determined. No, life because he or- offered the FBI to help and give his opinions on killer psychology and motivation. Mm. he was gonna expose himself to the fbi just so they can find someone else well i mean he did take psychology he was (laughs) he was that confident in his murders that he would help police after being convicted to catch a murderer using the same psychology and motivation that he has for killing he wanted to expose himself. No one's going to cancel him before he cancels himself. Um, exactly. He was arrested in August 16th of 1975, but he escaped Gosh, that was a few days before my birthday. You weren't born yet. And it's still a few days before my birthday. But he escaped twice um, in... December 30th of 1977 and then he was caught for a traffic violation on February 15th 1978 
and they found those unusual things in his trunk and of course they took him in for questioning and yeah he murdered a woman imagine being a murderer Fucking get caught because of something you do while driving. People said that he wasn't a good driver. <laughs> to get caught for a traffic violation. Come on, buddy. Come on. We're Honestly, really- I'm kind of getting creeped out because, like, close that, your windows. That door is open. That door is like fully open. Like, actually, I forgot to mention it. when he was younger, he was a peeping tom too. He was looking. <laughs> Through people's windows. I always feel like someone's looking in my window as well. Claudia, stop scaring me. Sixth sense. (laughs) (laughs) I watched the movie of Ted Bundy, and Ted Bundy was played by Zac Efron. And what? Yes, it was played by Zac Efron, the Disney star from High School Musical. But the thing was, since it was from his perspective and point of view, you kind of wanted him to not get caught. At first, I didn't even know it was Ted Bundy because the title didn't say Ted Bundy in it. But later, like to find out that it was him, I didn't want him to get caught. I was like, no, 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 go run. Like, you know, don't get caught with the police. And then I realized myself, I was like, I'm rooting for a serial killer, a murderer. While Ted Bundy was in his court trials, like he said, he played his own lawyer because I think he didn't like the way his own lawyers were like treating no, his case. He he thought no lawyer could represent him in the way he's supposed to be represented. So he took it upon himself to be his own lawyer, even if he has no qualification for it yet. But he's a take he's um, a course in university for law, right? Like yeah, but he never finished it. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's so why he never he got a qualification to do that. He was proven guilty and was executed by the electric chair on January 24th of 1989. And he was 42 years old. Not bad. And he actually, been what? About 18 nowadays. Mm-hmm. Fun fact before being put onto the electric chair um his last words were jim and fred i would like you to give my love to my family and friends which is jim and fred i don't know some i i think they might have been like the, not detectives or like investigators i don't know maybe those were his friends before being put onto the electric chair they actually had to shove cotton balls up his ass and he had to wear a diaper because when being killed, um, like your organs shut down and then like everything expels from your body. And they didn't want him to urinate and shit all over the electric chair. So. Very gruesome. And he actually did get a last meal. He was unable to order like a special meal like you are usually able to do so he just got like the normal meal which is like steak I think eggs hash browns jam 
Why did they know. feed them before death? Uh, I guess one happy last meal to eat. Like, the thing is, he did not take one bite from that meal. Not one bite. So. He's an yeah. idiot. I would have gotten Mackie's. What are Mackie's? You don't know what Mackie's is? No, is it mac and cheese or? Because there's a stupid many... American. It's McDonald's. It's a nickname for McDonald's. Oh my goodness, Mackie's. Well, we don't call it Mackie's. Or some people do, but I don't. Yeah. Actually, during his court trials, like some people were there to support him because he was handsome and charming. And lots of women found him like attractive. Which, when I look at him, I'm like, mm, um, what the fuck did you see him in? Because I do not see anything. Yeah, so there was like some type of fan base or community supporting him. Even though they knew he was on trial for murder, they thought he was innocent. And they only supported like, him because oh he was God. cute. Oh my God, come and fuck me. Please kill me. Some people to this day make edits of him. That he, I know. Like, for any of these serial killers they make fan edits for them can i like take a break i want to go to my bed because i don't like being by my door now <laughs> okay intrusive thoughts coming in made viv change her filming yeah. location <laughs> which same now i'm on my bed my window is wide open ted bunny might just peek in hey hey girl how you doing oh richard ramirez because he's the night stalker <laughs> Um, but it's daytime, so I just have to wait until nighttime. But for you, Viv, it's nighttime. <laughs> um, actually, before we move on to Richard Ramirez, um, Ted Bundy's nickname was called the Lady Killer, which makes sense because he's killed so many women. Moving on, Richard Ramirez. Richard, Richard, Richard. My favorite one. Sorry. Sorry. Richard and Charles Manson just hold a special place in my heart. They're just really funny. <laughs> if you say Richard three times, he's going to appear into your room. <laughs> no, I just, I remembered. Um, because I still sometimes get them sent to me. And I'm like. It was by email, like in the 2000s. But later on, as social media was developed, like. It was. I used to get them on Facebook every day, and I I used to get them on Instagram. (laughs) And it's like, if you don't send this to ten people, they're gonna see her in your room tonight. And I actually created one of those posts to scare people, (laughs) and it was a picture of me, and people got scared. Like my eyes were just glowing red, and people got scared of that, which I I I think was kind of funny. But especially the Carmen Winston. Hi, my name is Carmen Winston. I am 17 years old. But the thing is... That one scared me the most because I had a voice message with it. I know. It was like an eerie voice of a woman. And the thing is, like, if you sent it to 10 people, you would be alive and nothing would happen to you. If you sent it to five people, you would be, like, induced into a coma for the rest of your life. If you sent it to zero people, oh, well, you're going to be killed. (laughs) And people started to do that actually on TikTok. So we're getting a little bit off the topic, but they're doing this thing where it's like, if you don't use this audio, something's bad's going to happen to you. 
And it was with that, I'm so lucky, lucky. I'm so. I say not interested anytime that comes up on my For You page. But now people right. are using Let me go on TikTok just to show you my giraffes. I deleted all those. I recorded so many because I was. Basically, all of my first thingies is just those videos. Because I'm like, I mean, I'll just try them. Mm-hmm. I did not want to risk Am anything, I? even though, like, I knew there was fakeness behind it. But I just, it's not that I didn't want to receive bad luck. I wanted to receive good luck. So, yeah, but it was stupid. I think it just blew the audio up more. And now people are doing it to different variations of other audios and saying, oh, my God, I didn't use this That's- audio. And my car got crashed and i my dad died because i girl your dad didn't die because you didn't use the audio or they just make up those things for views and likes which yeah i'm just clicking not a good thing back to mr richard richard ew now i'm just realizing that's a weird name sorry richard (laughs) he was born on february 29th of 1960 and i was actually weirded out because February 29th doesn't exist. There's only 28 days in the month of February. But it was because he was born on a leap year, which happens every four years, which time doesn't even exist. Why add an extra day to the month of February? (laughs) He also experienced a difficult childhood. His dad would tie him to a cross and would leave him there overnight as punishment. No wonder he suffered from religious <laughs> trauma and then went to Satanism. Sorry, in 19- this is just so funny. <laughs> in the late 1970s, he, you know, went to Satanism. Also, his older cousin had a big influence on him. His cousin fought during the Vietnam War and he would mutilate and torture Vietnam women. And then mm-hmm. Richard had to witness at the age of 13 his older cousin killing his wife in front of his eyes. So And the way he killed the wife is by shooting her in the face. So an instant death. And after that is when the interest in Satanism began. Mm-hmm. And well, imagine going to comes. war and going to your 13-year-old cousin being like, let me show you pictures of the war crimes I committed. Mm-hmm. Let me show you pictures of these women I raped and killed. Yeah, what kind of sick person you, do you have to be? The family was sick. It's, so. believed, it's believed that he um, became a psychopath and wasn't born one. Because of this, his fucking cousin doing that and like his father tying him to a cross mm-hmm. so when i seen that i started laughing because <laughs> no i mean like it was obviously definitely traumatic like but just visualizing <laughs> just so extreme that it doesn't happen anymore wait, wait, it reminded me of the anti-masturbation cross He was diagnosed with schizoid personality disorder. Mm. I didn't actually know what it meant until I found out. Oh, schizoid. schizoid. What's that? 
it's a personality disorder where people tend to be loners and are um, known to be indifferent to their emotions. They prefer to live a solitary and sheltered life and they are as secretive as possible. So it explains a lot about his character. He did act out in his teenage years and he was he arrested. spent the first 20 years of his life in and out of prison didn't he yes and he was arrested before for crimes of drug possession burglary and auto theft in the late 1970s when he also turned to satanism actually he confessed that he was doing these crimes for satan he had the upside down tattoo the upside down pentagram on his hand Richard Ramirez killed at least 14 people and raped plus tortured at least two dozen more during the spring and summer of 1985. Serial killers do on a small scale what governments do on a large one. Yeah. He also moved into his sister's house to get away from his abusive father. Mm -hmm. And his brother-in-law was a voyeur who roamed around town at night to sneak into people's houses. Oh. And Richard joined him. And that caused um, the name of Night Stalker because he had nocturnal-based crimes and invaded into the homes and murdered and sexually assaulted the residents inside. He used a variety of weapons. Um, and then he would draw these satanic symbols all over the scene with like either lipstick or i don't know what the fuck else blood or something yeah no because you know what that's the funniest part Mm. when he got done with doing all these horrible acts and drawing these satanish things everywhere he went into the kitchen and ate (laughs) yeah he would just snack on shit i saw that too and i was like well you know, I guess after all those activities he just performed, he was like, oh, I'm a little bit tired. Let me let me treat myself to a snack, you know? Like, pat myself let on the back. get a banana from the kitchen. <laughs> a banana? Why is that the first thing that came to No, it's because I seen an article where it was like he left a banana peel for the police to find. Oh, my God. Richard, what the? What up? What? Wait. <laughs> He sometimes even draw the pentagrams on the bodies of the victims. Mm. And also when- there was evidence, at least in one of the scenes, that he um, masturbated on the victim's living room floor after killing them. Masturbation cross. But with him leaving the satanic symbols um, around the crime scene, investigators were concerned that he was a copycat of Charles Manson. So, like, there's kind of a link throughout these four murderers. Like, there's some type of connection within all of them. That is a connection between them. But basically... I feel like someone's going to pop out behind me, so I have to, like, touch the wall. (laughs) They have thin walls and they could just break. <laughs> just punch a hole. Oh my god, I just remember. What is the name? Not The Shining? What's... I know what you're on about and I have a door right here as well. <laughs> I, 
I remember seeing this today, and I didn't know about it, but apparently Richard, um, I think it was him at least. Yeah, it was. He like abducted this little girl. I forgot how old she was. I'm oh, pretty sure she was yes. like between the ages of six to twelve. He set one of his victims free. So dropped them off at somewhere where you could call people and was just like call 911, they'll find your parents. After sexually abusing and kidnapping someone, a child. I wonder why he had that feeling to do that because his youngest victim was actually Mei Liang, which I was talking about. At nine years old, he killed and raped her. And actually, um, Richard was married to Doreen Leoy for seven years, but she later left him after finding out that the DNA results were true and that he did kill and rape her the little girl which why didn't you leave before no you decided to leave after you found out that the dna results were true he also married um someone in jail Mm. while he was in jail because he had groupies um when his identity was like made public Mm -hmm. and he was in prison um several women sent love letters and photos of themselves to him and he married one of them. Reminds me of Ted Bundy. <laughs> Literally. But he was eventually caught by the authorities in 1985. And the jury returned unanimous guilty verdict on September 20th of 1989. So that's a four-year span of time between 1985 and 1989. So, like, I guess during that time, they were just contemplating if he was guilty or not but yes indeed he was yeah also um when he, I, I think it was like in his trial or something um some a juror named phyllis singletary got shot to death but police wasn't sure if ramirez was involved in it or not but then later found out he had no friends so he had no involvement in it I kind of, I kind of, you know, I kind of relate to Richard for a second there. <laughs> Without even a it was but, because of his uh, personality disorder yeah. that was like, I don't have friends. Her. <laughs> the judge handed him the death sentence, which was gas chamber. And I was actually like surprised I was gas chamber. Oh my chamber. God, they want to copy the Holocaust. <laughs> Sorry. That's what I was saying. I was like, uh, concentration camp, World War II vibes. What the fuck? Gas chamber was one of the like the death sentences that you could get. Like I thought it was just electric chair and lethal injection. Hitler. They were inspired by Hitler. Let him be. No. In his final crime, he like had a huge mistake because he stole a car to kill someone. Mm. And he wiped it. Make sure no fingerprints, nothing is left. But he missed one spot and there was a fingerprint. And it led to him because he's been in jail so many times before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's how he got caught. Which I don't even Imagine know how he didn't get caught would... beforehand because of the shit he left at the crime scenes. Like, 
literally a banana peel pentagrams yeah like he wanted to kind of get caught sperm his yeah his spunk (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i guess the death sentence like didn't ever happen because he actually died of cancer on june 7th of 2013 so he was 53 years old but um during a court appearance he held up like we said, the upside down pentagram saying hail Satan before being sentenced to death. So he committed all these crimes for Satan. Hail Satan! Hail Satan! become a Satanist. <laughs> Which I don't even think hail Satanism Satan. I don't think Satanism, Satanism is about like killing people, but um... you do you. <laughs> Just don't kill me, please. Richard, like, please, let's talk this out, buddy. Let's talk this out, Richard. Literally. <laughs> you don't gotta... I'm his teeth decaying. Stop. Yes. His teeth decaying was so disgusting. And then he got them fixed in prison. Why would you get them fixed in prison? I guess. Maybe. Like, you're about to die. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't understand so, why prisoners, like, get, like, help if they are, like, injured or if they have something wrong with their teeth, like, how come they get help for that? Like, like okay, I get it if you're going to get out of prison, right? Mm-hmm. If you're on a death sentence, I will... Like, what's the meaning of it? Like, they're going to die anyways. You're about to die in a week. Mm-hmm. He had the last meal of chicken cacciatore? I think that's how you say it. Um... So yes, he did have a last meal. I guess he got to decide on what you want. What if what he someone to eat. eats cat food as their last meal? I don't think they give a fuck. <laughs> they eat cat food. If they suggested that, I think they'll give it to them. So that was the end of his life. I guess Satan gave him cancer instead of the gas chamber. <laughs> it was just like nah, gas chambers are too bad. Cancer. <laughs> Yeah. His last words before dying was, I am beyond good and evil. I will not be avenged. Lucifer dwells in us all. Wow. There's also this video where Richard Ramirez quotes, he is being questioned. Into being evil, Richard. We are all evil in some form or another, are we not? No, we are all evil. It's true. We have an evil part to us in some form or another are we not not all of us are good or bad people we're in between yeah so in some not all of us act on our bad side in some form i do agree with all these like serial killers and their famous quotes that they've said they definitely had good view not good mm-hmm. they had interesting agreeable views in a context but they used the context of it in such a cruel way you don't like them anymore but also when Richard was asked who he was because during these interviews they were giving them these type of questions Richard Ramirez just said he was this guy just a normal all dude killing people <laughs> So, just something normal you do yeah on a daily basis you know it's my favorite hobby <laughs> same like so i love to stab people dude. 
stabbing people is my favorite people thing to stabbing do. Stabbing people and looking in their windows and then eating their food when they are dead. And moving on to a woman. It was so easy to get away with murders back then. Yes, it was because I think that there was technology. Mm-hmm, there wasn't any cameras. You have to like find evidence in a much tougher way than we can do today because there's video cameras everywhere. There's surveillance. We have technology phones. We have, you know, data that we can collect on these people. Every step of us is being tracked at this exact moment in life. Mm-hmm. So even right now, we're being watched by our FBI agents. <laughs> Hi, FBI agent. Please be nice to me. No, because imagine the amount of things FBI agents have seen through phones and they're just not allowed to say anything because it's supposed to be a secret. Yeah. Well, like, you're changing, right? And then they, like, look into your phone and you're just changing in front of your phone. I just think about that. Like, so many pedophiles maybe applied for that job. <laughs> ah. Can't wait to go to sleep after this because I don't think I'll be able to do anything else. I've been actually having dreams about them because I researched about these four serial killers for like all this week. Anyways, moving on to a female serial killer now because we had to include the woman. Come on. We're a woman ourselves. So like, (laughs) we gotta have some praise. We can't talk about men all day. Like, ugh. We have Miss Eileen Wernos. Her nickname was the Damsel of Death. And what I think they meant by that was because she acted innocent for all the murders she committed, which I understand because of her childhood, like, it was very rough for her. Like, I know the other two criminals we talked about, they had rough childhoods, but especially hers because she was a woman and she experienced being sexually abused by her grandfather and had sexual relations with her brother her own biological brother and her father committed suicide while serving prison time for child molestation and the mother left her and her brother at their grandparents house the grandmother died of liver cancer i think and the grandfather was committing those sexual acts on her and she had to experience being raped at the age of 14 by her grandfather's friend she had to give birth to that child and she had a baby boy and gave it up for adoption then she of course dropped out of high school at the age of 15 and to basically survive she had to work as a prostitute to gain money So it's very saddening that she had to experience all those traumatic events. And basically, with all the people that she murdered, except for one, because it was in self-defense, I think she was just taking out all the revenge and all the trauma and all the frustration she had to experience. And she just put it on those men. She was basically afraid of men, you know? But the seventh man that you shot, did you say to yourself, I'm out of control. I'm killing people. I no, help. no, no, I thought to myself, those men are out of control. I'm sick and tired of those men out there thinking they can control us and do whatever they damn well please with our bodies and think they can get away with it because it's a male dominant society and we're going to, we're going to treat you the way we want to abuse you, treat you, destroy you. It don't matter to us because we can get away with doing that. 
Like, who wouldn't be after experiencing True. Honestly. Because she, okay, she was having a prostitution as a job. And obviously, it's mm-hmm. not the best job to have. But it was the only way she could survive. Mm-hmm. I'm not justifying killing men. Like, yeah. <laughs> but it's just all of these serial killers had, like, something in their childhood to do something like with abuse which led them into murdering people mm-hmm. but it has her case was so much harder than any other case because her mom was a teenager her dad was in prison and died. she had like no support from anyone she basically like had to survive on her own except for her brother but of course brother also committed sexual acts with her so she couldn't even be supported by him and the fact that she could only live off the cash she was gaining from being a prostitute, she spent that money on alcohol and drugs because she had she didn't know how to like, what's it called? Live. She didn't know how to live with those traumatic events. You know, she couldn't get yeah, any therapy. Therapy. Yeah. It wasn't a thing in the sixties. Thank you, government. Like just imagining feeling how alone she felt. She had nobody. And actually, I was watching a movie about her a few days ago because it's a new movie. I think it's called The Boogie Woman. I don't know. Eileen Warren knows. Yeah. It's based off of her. And there was a scene where she was obviously um, doing her job as a prostitute. And then later on, like, she did steal money from the guy, but she didn't kill him. Um, But then she went onto a beach and there was, like, a woman that, like, asked her to come over to like because they were hanging out I think it was like July 4th or something because they were shooting fireworks but she asked them to hang out with them and Eileen was kind of shocked because I think she never had like a very friendly interaction with anyone before so being yeah. you know being asked to hang out she was obviously suspicious and one of the guys that were that was in the friend group was kind of like saying really naughty things to her and like I don't know I feel like she always had to protect herself in some way that's why she didn't ever trust a man and she just like started fighting the guy that was like saying those really weird shit to her which I mean he deserved it but basically did like yeah he had it coming but just like the feeling of always being scared and having a job as a prostitute that's so scary because okay it's a completely normal job but there's just so much danger in it Mm-hmm. And it, it's so, so scary because so many women have gotten killed, like raped and stuff because of their job. And then if you try to get a court case for it, they'll be like, you're a prostitute. Go away. Mm-hmm. Like they'll basically like blame it on you that it's your fault they chose this job. But in order to survive, especially at such a young age, she had yeah nothing else that she could do. And that was all she knew. But actually, before she started to commit murder, she married a wealthy man named Louis Fell. And the thing is, when I was watching like the documentary type movie about her, this man was so kind to her. And this man was actually the father of the girl that asked her to hang out with the friend group. And the fact that this man, just for like basic normal respect of humans she decides to marry him i guess she didn't really understand like that 
that's what you should receive from a normal day-to-day person but she didn't receive of that course. that's why she was like out of the norm for her but later on lewis fell filed a divorce annulment and restraining order against her and less than a week after they had their wedding because i think she was committing crimes even though she married a wealthy man i think she still felt like a need to protect herself in some way and gain money in case something would were to happen and then during those times of her murders like after they got divorced she met a woman named tyria moore in 1986 and they were together for five years but later on tyria cooperated with the police and got a confession from eileen that she did like murder the seven people except for one because she did it in self-defense and also the guy was a rapist so um richard mallory he previously had served a 10-year sentence for sexual Mm -hmm. assault but that information wasn't revealed in court and when she was trying to say that she killed him out of self-defense they didn't really care they just were like oh well you killed him wasn't self-defense you killed six other men yeah but they later on i think they just pressed the charges on her for the other six because the other six she did claim before that it was in self-defense but i think before the days of her death sentence she did admit she kind of realized for cold blood cash yeah she kind of realized like oh this isn't like something i can lie out lie my way out of Mm -hmm. no it's like hard to say the truth they basically tracked her down and linked her to these crimes because her fingerprints palm prints were left in a crashed vehicle of a missing man his name was peter siams or siams so they did get a confession of her and they did find identification of her at yeah a scene of a crashed car she was arrested on January 9th of 1991 on an outstanding warrant bike bar, the last resort, I think it was called. Oh my God, I forgot to mention. This is out of order, <laughs> but um, she was born on the same day of Richard Ramirez, just four years before he was born. Leap year. So I don't know if that, that's definitely probably not a coincidence, but that is connected. <gasps> conspiracy theorists out there get on this real quick i'm (laughs) sure you guys already have but both richard ramirez and eileen werno sounded very similar during their interviews we are all evil in some form or another are we not and all of us are full of evil one way or another in whatever we do we have evil in us all of us do this is a wicked wicked world and uh, in a wicked world, wicked people are born. If I was to uh, leave this planet, it wouldn't be no big deal to me because uh, this is a wicked, wicked world. Wicked world. So there had to be some type of connection between them. And actually, before being sent to death, her last words were, yes, I would just like to say I'm sailing with the rock and I'll be back like Independence Day with Jesus. June 6th, like the movie, big mothership and all. I'll be back, I'll be back. And... She's mentioned June 6th. We don't know with which year, but Richard Ramirez died on June 7th, a day after. It's going to be this year. She was sent to death row and died on October 9th of 2002 
by lethal injection and she was 46 years old. The thing I disagree with Eileen Warrenos' case, I mean, also with the other cases, is that therapy could have easily just helped with things. She could have been like sent to a mental hospital or something, not to death row. Before she died, right, after three different psychiatrists found her mentally competent to understand her death penalty sentence, they still gave her um, death sentence. Any type of criminal, I feel like any type of therapy would help with whatever's going on in their mind. You know, I don't think death really helps the situation at all. Yeah. So. Well, it depends. It depends on the Yeah. It could be Richard Ramirez or Charles Manson. Which one would you rather kill? Sorry, Richard. Richard. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Charles is just too funny for me. I know. I'd want him as a friend. Like, I mean, like, here's my phone number. (laughs) Let's put aside his murderers. You know what? I think I like him because during his court trials, like, he showed weird sides of his behavior, which I think he was just trying to manipulate. Dancing and everything. That behavior of his reminded me of Anna. Because Anna has that type of weird behavior, just posting random shit and dancing. I literally, they would have been so good together as a couple. They would. I think maybe she would even be a part of this cult. (laughs) Yeah. Since we're talking about Charles Manson right now and his odd behavior, uh, he was born on November 12th, 1934. Why couldn't he have been born in 2005? I would have been his bestie. Um, He didn't have a name when he was born. Oh, yeah, yeah. His mom didn't name him. I think, like, on his birth certificate, it said no name. So Yeah, no name Maddox. And during and interviews... And his mother was 16. Even during interviews, like, being asked who he is, he literally said nobody. Tell me in a sentence who you are. Think that he kind of just from. accepted the fact that he doesn't have a name so i think like he just named himself charles and with his mother giving him a no name his mother was also imprisoned for armed robbery and during his childhood like at the young age of nine he spent much of his life just in juvenile reformeries or in prison for crimes that included petty larceny armed robbery burglary and auto theft also let's not forget that he's uh, he would often tell the story of how his mother um, sold him to another woman in exchange for a pint of beer. Mm-hmm. And his uncle was forced to search for him to return him home. But also, he was born during the Great Depression. So that was even harder on him, you know, because it was harder to have a job. It was harder to even make a living. It was so hard to do anything. And then there was like, Cuban Missile Crisis and everything. Charles Manson was released from prison in 1967 from, like, those little crimes he was resulted in. And he moved to San Francisco, where he gathered a small but devoted group of followers. 
and that's what like started but let's his call. Also, not forget that um, he apparently begged the authorities not to let him back into normal society. He didn't want to leave prison. Oh. He felt that he had no way of living in a normal society. Well, I mean, that kind of makes sense. Then he ended up making a sex cult. At first, it was a sex cult. Oh, I did not know that. But um, in 1968, he became the leader of that cult. And he called it his, like, the, the Manson family. And he implemented his eccentric religious teaching beliefs. And he kind of brainwashed these, like, his disciples um, into thinking... Let's not forget that some of the... There were mainly women, and some of them were as young as 14 in the cult. Well, he also said that he believed in Scientology, which is another cult. Um, And he kind of based his religious beliefs off of that. Also... He, some of his followers would drop acid and would drop acid, so like do acid. And during their trips, he, Charles would convince them that he was the reincarnation of Jesus. I mean, he kind of did look like Jesus. Like I will admit to that, like with his beard and everything. And also, and he were... would frequently get them to exchange sex for benefits to the family. That's where it mm. became a sex cult. Okay, that makes sense. And also while they were tripping off of like acid or drugs, he would whisper certain things so that it would kind of program their mind to think to how he would want them to think, which led on to um, his influence being so strong in this cult that in 1969, the Manson family cult carried out several murders, which is about seven killings, I think. Um, it is said that he never killed anyone, but on Google, they said that he murdered like two people and committed four arsons, but mostly the murders were caused by his cult members. And he was basically like jealous of successful people and wanted to become somebody because he was considered a nobody, like his yeah. mom said. That's also sad. I kind of want to cry for Charles. Buddy, Charles, it's okay. Honestly. He was, like, so much fun as well, like, dancing in core. Yeah, and, like, he was a singer, a too. He was a good yeah. singer. I listened to some of his songs, oh, and I was he... like, if he would be a young artist during these years of 2022, he would be a famous indie artist. <laughs> like, Yeah, he was obsessed with the Beatles, the White Album, in particular the song Helter Skelter, which he believed contained a subliminal message about a coming race war in America. Wow. <laughs> so he thought the Beatles were like foreshadowing a race war happening mm-hmm. in America. But basically, because he was jealous of these famous people, the two most famous people he did kill was famous actress. Sharon Tate and film director Roman Polonsky and him and his cult members got arrested in October 1969 in a suspicion of auto theft. I feel like they never really got caught while committing a murder. They got caught like because of yeah. auto theft <laughs> or like something that dealing with a car. Ted Bundy got caught for a traffic violation. Richard Ramirez got caught for leaving a fingerprint in a car. Eileen Warren got caught because of having fingerprints and palm prints 
inside of a crashed car. And now Charles Manson and his cult members got caught for auto theft. So basically, if you want to become a serial killer, don't drive cars. Yeah, just use some type of other transportation. Just make sure to clean up the car well. Like, don't, like, leave it or... Literally. But also auto theft, I guess they stole a car and, you know, the license plate and everything didn't belong to him. So, I don't know. I guess that's how they got caught. He did yeah, have he... a death sentence, but, like, it turned to life in prison, I think. So, I guess they took off the death yeah, sentence. Yeah, did. No, they didn't take it off. It's because uh, California abolished the death penalty. And Mm. that's why they had to change it to life in prison. He did die on November 29th of 2017 from natural causes. He was 83, 2017. Yeah, Yeah, that wasn't long ago at all. Like, That's pretty recent. That, That cool dude was alive when I was alive. I'm so happy. (laughs) <laughs> they're gonna um, think that you support charles manson <laughs> this is a joke by the way i don't yeah, actually I and in 2014 manson announced that he was engaged to a 26 year old woman named star and he claimed that she wanted to marry him so that she could display his body in a glass case after he died but her wishes were never carried out um but also, Charles Manson, if you could see on his forehead, he had, like, a swastika. And what he... Wait, what? Yeah, you don't know that? He has a... On his forehead. No, let Certainly. me. It was first a cross, but then it turned into a swastika. Oh, my God, he did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's a jump scare. <laughs> He knew how to play air piano. <laughs> he said that the tattoo on, her, on his forehead meant anti-church, the falling cross, a devil's sign, death, terror, fear. But um, I think that's why investigators thought that Richard Ramirez kind of had some similarity to Charles Manson because of the satanic symbols that Richard would draw. And Charles Manson had this tattoo on his forehead, which kind of meant the same thing. He also, like, used an Elias name, and that was Chuck Summers, and it was an alter ego used when he was going into clubs to pick up pretty young things, which was women, so, like, I don't know. (laughs) I just love his personality in court, like, I really want that. I just want a friend like that, not a murderer, but, like, someone with a funny person. Same. Gosh, she was so funny. I think that he had this whole act of like acting crazy while his court trials were going on because I think he wanted to throw them off, but I think it just ended up not working. Probably he did. He was crazy. <laughs> Literally. They were like, this guy's mentally insane. We need to put him in a psych ward right away. And then during his interviews with like investigators, he was asking You scared to die? Sometimes I feel I'm scared to live. Living is what scares me. Dying is easy. Which I kind of relate to him in yeah. that way. Because dying is easy. Because living, dying from this shitty world, but like living, you have to live with what the shitty world is coming at you with, and like 
Exactly. I relate to him with that one. <laughs> oh, and also I wanted to include, this is what Charles Manson thought about Ted Bundy. Bundy, Bundy's a rumpkin. Bundy's a poop butt. Bundy's his mama's boy. Bundy's out there trying to prove something to his own manhood. That's got nothing to do with me. I don't roll around with poop people like that. I stand with people that can stand with themselves. What do you think about what he said about pornography? Pornography? I've been looking at it all my life and it hasn't affected me anything. Who do you think I am, girl? At least he was a more fun character. Because what did Ted Bundy have going on for him? That every girl thought him attractive when he was yeah. really ugly. Mm-hmm. And that leads on to their birth charts, which we just wanted to get into for a little bit. Because with women finding Ted Bundy attractive, Ted Bundy had a Leah rising. Which makes so much fucking sense. Um, I'm so glad that he's not a Scorpio rising. He does have a Scorpio, Mercury, Venus, and Jupiter, though. It's supposed like Scorpio Venus. It has like a die for you vibe and that he would kill women that look similar to her as in the girlfriend. Yeah. With um Uranus. Uranus is the planet of innovation, originality, liberation, and rebellion. And that's like the planet of kind of rebellion. And he had that in Gemini. And Gemini is kind of like a playful type of energy. And he would just go off killing these women. And also... Him and Richard Ramirez share the same birth path, which is birth path number one. One. Then with Richard Ramirez, um, his son was in Pisces. Moon was in Pisces. Why did Charles Manson have the most powerful life path number? Yeah, it's 22. And Eileen Wernos had a birth path of seven. And seven and 22 are like the lucky birth path numbers. Um, Eileen was also a Pisces because they were born on the same day. Moon and Libra. We don't know her exact birth time, so we do not know her rising. Richard Ramirez's so rising God, was a Sagittarius. Yes, Scorpio. Um, what was Charles Manson? If we his know it, was a Taurus, which makes so sense because of his beard and the way he dressed. <laughs> Yeah, but it's so sad because he doesn't have Scorpio as his rising sign. Well, I mean, he did have a Scorpio, Mercury, and Venus, and Jupiter. He had the same placements as Ted Bundy with Mercury, Venus, and Jupiter. Also, before Charles Manson died, his last words were, I don't care. If you're going to have a baby, you better be ready. You're going to die. That's so reassuring, Charles. I don't understand that. <laughs> Me neither. I really don't understand yeah, I don't know what he's referencing to. Did he curse someone? Like, unless he was talking about he like life and that. death. He was talking about maybe life and death. Because I don't Probably. care if you're going to have a baby. Like, even though, like, you're creating life, you're going to die later on anyways. Yeah. Because no one's going to remember you in a hundred times unless you're famous. Mm-hmm. Before we end this podcast episode, I want to leave off with, remember the mugshot trend on TikTok? I contributed to that. Yeah, I did the trend. Ew, why, would, why did we think that was cute? That was not cute at all. 
pretending to be like no i'm so glad i never behind bars people thought it was hot that like famous tiktokers were pretending to be in jail people yeah and then the boys were like starting to like make their shops up and i'm like being in jail is not a good thing yeah I'll be honest, you're an attractive man, but that doesn't mean you need to make being in jail an attractive thing. Mm-hmm. Literally Britney Spears' like, song, but mama, I'm in love with the criminal. <laughs> Literally, half these young girls in love with a pedophile, so. Also, um, it is said that Charles Manson did have spouses, which was Rosalie Willis from 1955 to 1958, and then Leona Stevens from 1959 to 1963. And he had two children. I'm not sure that's correct, but... I want to meet them, because if he died in 2017, they're very much so alive. This is all for this third episode. I hope you enjoyed it if you like true crime. The thing if he says about to fall asleep. (laughs) So yes. Good night or good morning to or good afternoon to whenever you're listening to this. And bye. See you on our next episode.